I am Dr. Kelly Kessler, and I am the host of the podcast, Rewiring Health. This podcast is devoted to giving you expert information around nervous system regulation, subconscious mind reprogramming, and a variety of health topics so that you can optimize your life. Stop feeling burnt out, overwhelmed, in pain, and start living your life where you can remain successful without compromising your health. Pursuing goals and making any kind of significant change in our life is challenging, but what makes it even harder is when we don't understand ourselves at our core. And that is why I love this conversation with Christy Sullivan about human design. Christy Sullivan is a human design and self-care expert, speaker, and lead author of the best-selling Amazon book, Stop Overworking and Start Overflowing, 25 Ways to Transform Your Life Using Human Design. She hosts a virtual community for spiritually minded females to create better wellness, improve relationships, shift mindsets, and manifest more success, wealth, and freedom to live their best life by design. Christy teaches workshops and conferences internationally, both in in person and virtually, and has been featured on more than 100 podcasts. She also has contributed to six anthologies, has been a certified yoga instructor for nearly two decades, and became a full-time sole professional in 2020 after more than 25 years as a marketing and communications executive. This was such an amazing conversation, and I know it will serve you well to gain better understanding of who you are at your core and how to really tap into the power of knowing yourself. Enjoy. So you wake up, your phone is right on the table next to you, and it feels almost like a magnet. You grab the phone, and before you know it, you subconsciously open every app, scroll through social media, you're on your email, you're looking at the news headlines, and you're feeling stressed. And this is how you start your day. I can't tell you how many times I did this, and it did not serve me. It set me up to be in a whirlwind of negativity, and I was just starting my day. And that's why I created the Morning Guide for Perfectionists. So if you struggle with negativity throughout the day, and it's even worse in the morning because you don't have a routine, this will help you tremendously. It's literally everything that I implement that has helped me start my day with the right intentions and put myself into a place of inner harmony. So grab in the link below and enjoy. Welcome back to another episode of Rewiring Health. So excited to be joined by Christy Sullivan. This is going to be such an amazing conversation, and I know it's going to serve everyone who's listening to this very well. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Kelly, for having me uh, come here on this opportunity to speak to your audience. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. So what I love, and I know we're going to dive into everything human design because you're the, like I said, the first person who's talked about this on my podcast. And so I can't wait to hear more about it and for my audience to learn about it. But can you tell me a little bit about your background? What brought you to doing what you do today? And what was that journey? What did it look like? Yeah, sure. I I would love to share that. And, you know, for me, it really goes way back because I, uh, started a marketing career right after college and I really enjoyed, um, what I did, but I also discovered yoga and I started to teach fitness and get into health and wellness. And like that opened up this idea of this holistic world and, uh, eventually into the spiritual world. But I really, um, was drawn to just learning more about myself and about wellness. 
And so I would learn things along the way, like I yoga and eventually I became a yoga teacher and I still was in my marketing career. And then I joined a, a network marketing business for wellness and wanted to really make that successful. So that was a side hustle that I was doing and it really was um, following the formula to try to make it happen. And then about seven years ago now, I had a friend who introduced me in her coaching group to human design. And so we learned that as part of our program. And um, I was blown away. Um, it was such an amazing tool for me to know myself and really helped me to start to make some shifts in my life. And so eventually I did leave that marketing career three years ago. And it led me to teaching human design, what I do now. Oh, I love that. And I find it's just always so fascinating how it's like life has this plan and it's like doors open just when they're meant to open and doors shut when they're meant to close. And it's like, you don't know that's happening until you get to the other side and you're like, oh my gosh, that all was happening for a reason. So I just, I love that, that yeah, that's and, what it brought you. I don't always, um, get into the detail of it, but I definitely can mention that in uh, one of the books that I'm in, um, I share a chapter about how self-care became really important for me. And I think that's part of this like program of learning human design because uh, self-care is really important for your energy. And we could talk about that more, but it was at a time that I was really facing some challenges in um, my marriage, in my job, and in my family. My father had Alzheimer's and was nearing his end of life. And it just really focusing on self-care was so key to me getting through that. So the doors definitely opened, but I also, like everyone else, had faced some challenges that at the time I thought, you know, it didn't seem like open doors. It seemed like a lot of um, closed doors or hills and challenges, but roadblocks, but, but, you know, we, we overcome that. And I think something like human design and self-care are really important or can be for uh, people to help them on their journey. Absolutely. And it's, it's so important that you share that, that the self-care really helped you through that because oftentimes people will be going through so much and they think I don't have time for self-care, but it's really that time that needs to be a priority to help you guide you through Going back to human design, I could you explain what human design is for anyone who's listening, maybe doesn't know what it is or hasn't heard of it? Can you just give a, an overview of what that is? Sure. So I describe it as your energy blueprint, or it's how you're wired. It is a tool that, think of a personality assessment. It gives you some um, information about how you operate your characteristics, but the difference is that it's based on your birth date. So it is a blend of astrology, the chakra system, Kabbalah, I Ching, which are some ancient modalities all related to uh, alignment of planets. So it's on your birth date, as well as three months prior. And those two dates kind of give you a formula to imprint you and who you are. It's different than a personality assessment, though, because those are based on questions. And so those will take into account your upbringing, your life experiences, traumas, and just conditioning even that we all have. So when you look at human design, it's the core of who you are underneath those layers. So it's really deep, very fascinating, and a great complement to other development tools that you might use. Yeah, so interesting. Is is it something that 
that changes or evolves throughout our life? Or is it like, this is what you are at your core and this is who you come back to all the time? Such a good question. It is who you are. It doesn't change. However, we have freedom of choice and life, you know, takes us on a path. This doesn't dictate like what your life is going to look like. Um, I call it looking under the hood of the car. Like this is the car that you're driving. You're in this human suit and you're on the journey of life, which may take you down different roads and in different places. But the car that you're driving is the same. And when you look under the hood and see how you're wired, you then can help maintain that car, make sure that it's running kind of in the best way, optimized. Um, so you don't ever really change your car, but you certainly um, can use the information to either enhance what you naturally do, how you're wired, or also you can help to understand what are the, we call it the shadow expressions, the ways that some of the things that were, were the way that, that we're wired may show up in a way that doesn't serve us, but we can change that by just changing our perspective on it. Mm, I like that. And the more we know about ourselves, the more we can move through life. So I, I'm a huge believer in that. And is there something that we as humans experience that maybe cloud that more and actually understanding who we are at our core? That's another great question. Yes. We call that conditioning. Um, so you know, as we now know, between the ages of zero and seven, we're impacted by everything around us. We're like a sponge absorbing um, what people say, noticing what people do, messages, whether we're getting it from TV or from school or other authority figures. And so all of that impacts our, what do I call programming? And some of it can certainly serve us. And some of it, once you start to really understand who you are, you may start to question. Some of the things you've learned may actually cause self-limiting beliefs, like questioning our worthiness, how we make money, how to be in relationships. And we're really, what's interesting at a very evolutionary time where people are starting to want to learn more about themselves, more to help shift mindsets and help them to thrive more and understand what is limiting them. So some of that conditioning, you know, we've learned, we've picked up and we'll continue to pick that up or in, enforce sort of what we've learned unless we start to question or at least look into and, and maybe investigate, like, why do I do things this way? What's really natural for me? And then you can really start to notice what works for you and your specific formula to really thrive in life. Oh yeah. I, it's just everything you're saying. I'm like, Oh, I love that. And it's, it's so important to have that moment of pause to really look inside ourselves. And I feel like in a way, I know the pandemic was awful, but in a way it really was a blessing for many of us because it gave us that pause to be like, am I happy in life? Who am I? What do I want out of life? And it, it allowed us to kind of have that introspection a little bit more. Are there things. So as far as starting to understand our core and who we are, where do we begin if we're so shrouded by life and just grinding and, you know, being that automatic being where we're just going through the motions, how do we start to tap into our core and who we are at, as a whole and in our soul? 
Yeah. So one, one way of course, is I would recommend to look into human design. I always say it finds you at the right time. So if you're listening to this episode, it's found you because you're listening and, and uh, learning about human design and it may pique your interest. So if it does, um, there's a lot of information online that you can certainly look up. You can go to various websites and input your birth information. Um, they're free tools. Um, just so you can then see what your design type is. It's like kind of looking at your astrology sign, you know, and, and trying to understand that sign, so to speak. And there's a lot of layers to human design, a lot of complex things. So you can start off with some really basic things. I can talk about that. But I also want to point out that if you're not interested in human design, or if it's sort of you hear about it and it kind of, you know, you don't, don't get back to it and, and don't look up your design, one of the key pieces I think for understanding yourself is doing self-care and spending time with some of the more inner work, not like self-care, like massages and um, pedicures, but really like some of the self-care to spend time in nature, to quiet ourselves. You know, we're so busy, so overloaded and in the routine that sometimes we need to just step aside, even if it's for three breaths to start and start to be more with yourself because that's how you learn about who you are and start to really not only discover things, but also heal things and move past some of the things that might actually be blocking you. Yeah. Thanks for differentiating that because I do find that self-care gets kind of blurred and, and I do see, and many people are like, oh, I went to the spa. I did take care of myself. You know, it's like those things. Oh, I did, you know, get a facial or whatever. And it's like recognizing that the self-care is there's so many versions of self-care that we can engage in. And it's like finding the one that's right for you. And it's not about overhauling your life. It's just integrating it in small steps. So thank you for sharing that because I think it needs to be, we all need reminders. I think sometimes, even if you're in a good place, you always need these reminders of like, what are the steps towards really actually tapping into ourselves and actually taking care of ourselves. So do you mind just sharing your self-care routines? I, I always love to hear people's versions of their self-care routine. So what do you do on a daily yeah. basis that really helps serve you? Yeah, well, for me, it's not always the same every day and it certainly has evolved and changed. So I said, you know, years ago, I discovered yoga, I'd go to yoga classes and it was more than just the physical part too. I really like had great teachers. I would learn about breath and about mindfulness. And, you know, so then I would discover programs that like meditation, um, even things like essential oils I learned about and different things that just I felt lit me up really, I found an interest in them. So that's important to do something that, that you find interesting. Nowadays, I do things like tapping, which is a great modality for the nervous system. I definitely try to get out in nature, even where I am, where it's when, when it's winter time, you know, I want to be outdoors if I can, uh, once a day, because there's something about nature that's really healing. Um, I, even, I have to say, like, I love just spending time with my cat, like animals can, can bring like such a, a feeling of just calm and peace. And that's what I'm looking for right now in my life is the ways to slow down, take some breaks and know that I actually can be more productive, more 
um, successful, that are in my relationships and my business with my family and with friends when I'm taking some of that time to do some self-care. So things like tapping, working with other holistic practitioners is really powerful for me too. Yeah, I love that. And that that transitions perfectly into what I wanted to ask you too, because for perfectionists, high achievers, it's it's that like control and grinding. I know me too. It's like that control and grind where you feel like I have to keep going, keep going, keep going. And slowing down is really, really hard. It's it's like an active work to actually slow down and like just kind of surrender to things outside yourself. So how do we start to do that where it's like you you differentiate between surrendering and because I feel like sometimes as like a high achiever perfectionist, it feels like when you take that moment to slow down, you feel like it's almost like a fear response where you're letting off the gas pedal and you feel like things will not go in the direction that you want them to. So yeah. how do we get, it's a very fine line. Like how do we navigate that where we do the work, you know, and we have to take action, but also surrender into the higher forces that are guiding us along. Yeah, for sure. And I can definitely relate. Mm-hmm. I want to say a few things. First, that to take a look at some of the perfectionism habits we have and notice, and there's two sides of this coin. So notice where some of them may, some of it may not be serving you, meaning like notice if any of it came from family programming and even ancestral lineage, like I grew up Eastern European. There's definitely like a work hard factor in my my family upbringing. So looking at that, because that's information, it doesn't mean something's wrong with you and you need to fix it. The other side of the coin is sometimes to embrace the modes that we feel sometimes, like the energy um, flowing in a certain way. Like for example, perfectionists, they like you've mentioned when you were saying that, how sometimes there's busyness, sometimes just wanting to, you know, do things. And in human design, majority of what we call energy types are generators who like to be busy and productive. And we might label that, oh, maybe you're a perfectionist, but there may be an energy in you that really loves doing things. And we still need to be healthy and rested. So we have the energy to do it. What happens is if we're overdoing it, we will lead to things like burnout and overwhelm, frustration, or even just health issues. Things will want to slow us down because it's a signal that not that we have to be slow, but we have to use our energy more mindfully and correctly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh my gosh. Speak, speaking my language right there. It's like, it's so true. I mean, I, I can definitely resonate with that. I'm hundred percent better than I was, but, and I know so many people who are perfectionists because I work with them. It's like, that's the problem. It's like the norm or the baseline is just going. So it's like not, not knowing when to turn it off and, and it feels almost uncomfortable to slow it down. So yeah, love that. I know you've talked about energy a lot and I, I know energy plays such a huge role in just our life and our vitality and our ability to be present with others how do we continually elevate our energy regardless of what's going on around us? So if we're experiencing things in our life that are giving us challenges and, and really are pulling us down, how do we harness that energy within us to continually rise up above it and elevate? Mm. Yeah. And one thing I want to mention too, it's related to that. And also what we were just talking about is that is 
I think sometimes we have to sort of test things out and know that using our energy more correctly for who we are and sometimes adding in those moments of slowing down um, and there's a reason for it. But when you see the payoff, that's when your brain kicks in that, oh, maybe overdoing it, overworking, um, you know, trying to control everything, work really hard. Maybe, although it seems to work and we're told that's how to be successful, if we actually do things a little bit differently and notice that we're still getting success and all of a sudden we have less overwhelm, our nervous system is more calm. So like you said, how do we rise to that? I think part of it is testing it out and seeing how how it works for you when you put things into practice, like maybe starting to do a little bit more self-care and know that that's actually going to shift your energy, even if you're not seeing it in a physical way or concretely, but it's an, it's an abstract thing. It'll change your energy. And that has a ripple effect for people around you and even things that are happening for you. So we test that out, do things like self-care, um, and just learning about who you are, that helps elevate because what's happening is that you're, you're evolving your brain, you're evolving the things that you know, and that's really, I think what we're here for is to learn more about ourselves, um, learn about how to connect more with others, but we do that by first connecting with ourselves and how to make maybe the world a better place even if it's just for our family to start or for ourselves. So we kind of start inward and then it ripples out outward. Yes. And evidence is so big. Like what you're, what you speak of, the brain loves evidence. So once it has it, it's like game changer that it moves in that direction. So I love that you shared that because that's been my experience and the experience I've seen with many of the people I've worked with too. It's like you open the door, the tiniest crack, and then it starts seeing that it can move in that direction. Yeah. Love yeah. That. And, and to that, to that point, I want to mention that a little plug that I've created this year, a, a program with somebody where we bring together human design, which gives you information, kind of wakes up your brain to, wow, like, oh, that's, that's who I am. That's really interesting. And then we marry that information with energy alignment. So like on opposite weeks, there's a conversation about human design. And then on opposite weeks, there's actually a practice of shifting your energy by doing things like I mentioned, tapping um, or uh, some energy shifting, like acknowledging what's in your ancestral lineage and, and doing some things to process that. So it's pretty powerful because I'm seeing women and in this program shift in like three months, it's it's amazing. Like they just keep telling us, I have this shifting in this and I'm like, I'm blown away. But what happens is your brain is getting that information, but then you're also doing the energy work. And so the two of that, those pieces really create, I think some amazing change in your life. That's amazing. And just talking about like three months, you're seeing change. Like that's, you know, in the big scheming, that's such a short period of time. Even, even one, sometimes the women are like, oh my gosh, this week, you can't believe what happened. (laughs) Yeah. Do you mind sharing a story of someone you've worked with? Who's, who's had that transformation? Like where do they start? And then what are they them as they were transitioning with? Yeah. 
Yeah, I would love to. I'd be that. I'd be happy to. One uh, early on, like when I was started doing human design readings, just one that's really fascinating is um, I shared with a woman about her being this generator, busy type, mm-hmm. but that if we're overdoing too much in in our business, um, that we're missing what's called up the opportunities that really are meant for us. It's it's sort of like law of attraction, you want to put it out there, see what's out there, but you have to do some of that action steps. One of which is like not saying yes to too many things. She saw her first $10,000 month in her business, um, like a month after we did human design because she implemented some things that we discussed. So that was like, that was an amazing story. I always remember. And one more recently is a, a woman that we're working with. She has suddenly decided she's going to shift her career to um, an end of life doula completely like different. And and it's like something. So she's so passionate about, she didn't even realize, but some things started to shift for her and she's in a marketing position and suddenly these opportunities happen. And she's like, this is, this is what I want to be doing. And now the doors are opening for her very like quickly. It's amazing. And, um, you can just see the transformation even in sort of her appearance too, I have to add, but yeah. you know, shifting careers. So that's, that's amazing too. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing those. Cause it's like, that's what inspires hope. I feel like when you hear people who have gone through that and they, they've had the transformation, it's like, oh my gosh, like that could happen to me too. You know? So it's like, I love to hear stories of, of transformation because it, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's about, you know, moving people forward. And that happened for me too, because I was in a marketing career, trying to build businesses on the side, um, looking to kind of say, you know, how do I, how do I go more into health and wellness? And what happened was I had a door suddenly close and another open. And I, in 2020, which happened to be the timing for all of this serendipitous with COVID, I um, had this like blank slate. And I was like, well, what do I want to do now? And I just started to follow some breadcrumbs. I didn't force things. I didn't push it. I responded to things that really felt like it was in alignment for me, what I what felt good for me. And I eventually started to be writing in books. I started speaking. Someone invited me to share about human design. Women wanted readings. So it was slowly, everything led me to where I am now. And so I had this amazing, not only career shift, but it, it slowly, it just, everything in my life just started to shift and not that there aren't still like stress sometimes and challenges, but it's just, I'm in a different place. And I feel um, like human design really helped me with that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. And it's like, I just, I love to hear those again, like that, those stories are just everything. And one thing I want to just ask you, like to dive further into with that is that one thing I find that many people struggle with is that overthinking and not knowing like how to decide when to say no and when to say yes. Like you get in your head, you're like, okay, is that a no or a yes? Like, how do you start to tune into yourself and like know in your heart that it's right rather than being like, oh, I should do this. I should do this. Well, I first have to say like, we did not script this out. All these questions, mm-hmm. like we're just rolling no. with it and you're asking like perfect questions. Oh, I love this. You. And I want to bring up that I did run your human design chart, Kelly. So this will be maybe a good place I can give an example. Um, So a lot of people out there I mentioned are this energy type called the generator. And 
a lot of those, um, so this may be you listening, we have something called a sacral authority. So let me explain. First, we're taught and conditioned that use the mind to make decisions. And, and as you're saying, like sometimes that mind gets in the way, it's got self-limiting beliefs or, you know, blocks and, and, and the conversation of the ego. And so what, what I want people to realize is that our bodies actually have amazing wisdom. And if you look at it as an energy system and know that in human design, there's an actual like method and process for each person individually to create, uh, to tap into the decision-making in below the head, below this thinking, because this is a great place, the head for taking in information and maybe analyzing things, but decision-making is, is even more powerful if it comes from within. And for many people, it comes from a place called the sacral. And so this is true for your design. So let me share what that sacral is. And a lot of times people describe it as a gut feeling, um, but it also is a response and it literally is within the body. And imagine when you ask a child who's really young, like, do you want a hot dog for lunch? And they're like, uh-huh. And you're like, okay, can you eat your broccoli too? And they're like, uh-uh. And they're not thinking as much as responding with their body because they really like hot dogs and broccoli is eh. We make them eat the broccoli anyway, but when you're an adult tuning in to those responses, because you may know, well, yeah, I want, I want some broccoli. My body needs that. Uh-huh. It's like, there's something about it. I, I just want broccoli, <laughs> but think of it for big decisions and ask yourself yes, no questions and start to see if you can tune back in to that response that you, that feeling that comes up. And it, if it, if it reaches the throat, mm-hmm. it'll come out as either uh-huh or uh-uh. Yes. And no is usually what the mind takes over because we tell those kids, we use your words. Don't, don't make those noises, but it's really the gut reaction is, is almost like this energy coming up. And, um, does that resonate for you? Yeah, it's, it's so interesting. And so if it's a decision, that's probably not the best thing to do. Is there a feeling that you get with that too? Well, the mind will take over. Okay. Um, first of all, if it's not the best thing for you, your mind will want to try to come in and analyze, like, should I say yes? Should I say no? If it's not a, aha, uh-huh, then it's either we say a no or not now. Yeah. So the no is not so much a feeling, although it might for some people feel like, like, and, but then you go right into the head. Like if you're not feeling it, you go into the head and that's your signal that it's a no. Um, but it's really, if it's not a hell yes, it's no or not now. Yeah. Interesting. So it, when you talk about feeling it in the body, like, is it like, what, what does that feel like? So what, what would you experience in the body if it was like a yes? Like, do you feel like butterflies or like, what, what would that feel like? And that's where I think it's unique to each person. And if you have sacral authority, um, it will, you will feel it from below, you know, below the shoulders usually. And some people describe it, maybe it's the heart, but I think it's even lower than that because according to the chakra system, the sacral chakra is around, um, right below the belly. 
Um, so you might feel it around the belly. We call it a gut response for that reason. Um, and then if you don't have sacral, you may have something called an emotional um, response. And actually 50% of the population have this where they actually need to sleep on it. They need to wait because they may feel a yes. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it, it would come from this like lower sort of part of the body. Um, it it kind of lights you up as a yes. But if you have emotional waiting to make sure you're, you're riding an emotional wave and you want to make sure that yes is consistent. So this is, we tell the, tell those folks sleep on it, especially if you're buying a car, like don't buy it in the spur of a moment, make sure it's a yes the next day yeah. for you. Um, and then there's a few other authorities, but that's an example of like what you can discover with human design. And it really can help you with decision-making and, and not saying yes to too many things. <laughs> yes. And that's, I think what many people struggle with is that I have to do everything. And then it's like figuring out what's right for you versus yeah. it's almost comes out of fear because if you don't say yes, some things are going to not go well. So yeah, absolutely. I love that. And just giving people actionable steps towards understanding and tuning to themselves. So love that. One thing I, I mean, I feel like we hear a lot. And especially now I feel like, cause there's so much more talk about energy and chakras and, and all that when we talk about blockages. So when we have like something in our life that blocks our energy or really we, we keep going back to, that's not a good place. How do we start to move past that? So we can really just tune into ourselves without having the noise from things that may have happened in our life that are blocking us. Mm. Well, I would say, you know, blocks serve a role. It actually gives us information of areas maybe in our life that we do need to pay attention to. So first to change the perception of like, oh, those are blocks. And we try to push them away or try to even sweep them under the carpet, ignore them. But really there's information there. Those are good opportunities to maybe do some work, like even a self-care practice of just journaling on it. Um sitting with it, like acknowledging that there's a part of you, even if it's programmed, that is creating what we feel like is that block. Because in that exploration and observation of it, then we move through it. Then we seem to, with more insight, start to suddenly notice other solutions that we're not thinking about. But because just being with it, we, we suddenly maybe have like this aha moment or this epiphany. Sometimes people like in journaling, they'll journal things out and looking at that, then they're like, wow, I didn't realize this is how I felt about it. And that acknowledgement is really part of the key, I think, of moving through that block, or I would say like working with the block. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. And it's, and I love that too, the exploration of it, the curiosity instead of like coming down. Cause I know sometimes people are like, Oh, why do, what's wrong with me? Why do I keep going back to this? But when we change our mindset to making it that explorative curiosity thing, it's like, it doesn't be create this vicious cycle and we can start to move through that. Yeah. So I love that and, perspective. And one other thing to say about it is that it's always served a purpose, usually um, for our nervous system, as well as just our survival techniques. It's about keeping us safe. Mm -hmm. So that block is thinking it's keeping us safe. And when we work um, in that three-month program, for example, we call it 
giving that block or that part of you a new job role or description. Yeah. It's not, you know, putting it away under the carpet or uh, trying to ignore that part. It's really taking that and saying, okay, this, this kept me safe for some reason. It served a purpose. But now what if I shift what that purpose is and, you know, up-level the job description. And yeah. then suddenly that block is, it shifts on its own because you're giving the permission for it to serve a different purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, it's so great. Instead of fighting it, because when we resist things, it persists. So when we can move through that and, and like, I love how you give that analogy of giving a different job um, excuse me, description. <laughs> um, but no, I love that because it's, it just makes sense. Like, you know, it still serves a role. It just has to serve a different role. So yeah, love that. I want to go back to, cause I know you're talking about the generator uh, yeah. part. What are some other ones that exist in the human design so that we can just, yeah. kind of that. so for anyone listening, they'd be like, Oh, maybe that's me, you know? So what are some other ones that exist? Yeah. And when we talk about energy type, usually that's where you start, but that's just the first layer. So it's again, looking at sort of like your, your Zodiac sign, but knowing that, you know, not all Libras are the same. And when you, I have done hundreds of readings and no two people except for twins were the same. I've never seen two blueprints or designs exactly the same, but when you start off looking at one of these five categories that you're in, Two of them I mentioned um, are generator and manifesting generator, which is you. And just a quick description, um, that makes up 70% of the population. Manifesting generators are a bit faster than generator types, but we both like to be busy, productive, feel accomplished and and satisfied when when we have projects to do and when we're doing the right kind of work, which is really important. And that's um, all related to sacral energy. And that's about life force energy. So we need the right kind of work. The other 30% are what we call non-sacral beings. And the three types are projector, manifester, and reflector. And they're a little more rare, um, especially projectors are 20%, manifestors are only nine, and then reflector types are rare at 1%. But what they all share is they're all not meant to work as hard as generators. They can work productively in small spurts, but they need more downtime. And when I tell this to someone who's a projector or manifester, they usually are like, oh my God, thank you for telling me that because they, they get burned out by working maybe nine to five or 12 hour days. If they shift their energy again, they can still be productive, but in different ways. Um, I was teaching a class the other day and those types make really good, like strategic thinkers and leaders because they can sort of plug themselves in, in different roles while the generators are busy bees and um, everyone serves a purpose. So just to know that there is about 30% of the population that they're conditioned to think they should be hardworking generators, but they really need more downtime. Yeah, so interesting. And it's 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 so interesting to hear different things because it's like when we kind of categorize, sometimes it helps us make more sense for what we've experienced. And it's so true. The world conditions us to all basically be the same. Like just you have to work hard. That's and, and working hard is good, but it's it's more about almost like we all have to, we're all 
conditioned to serve someone else's dream. It feels like versus and like something into our own. And the trick for the generator is when you're really doing the right kind of work, it doesn't feel like work. It yeah. feels like almost like a hobby. It almost <laughs> feels like it's just, uh, you know, I could do this. I don't want to say for free, but, and then what's interesting is usually abundance and wealth and, and income actually follows you more and shows up when you're doing the right kind of work that you love, because um, if you're doing it for a paycheck and burned out, you will burn out. You will actually eventually reach a point where it, it will be a time that you have to change what you're doing. Yeah, I can totally attest to that because I, I that was me. I worked for a corporation and it, it was burning me out. And I'm like, I'm a hard worker, but this is this is destroying yeah. my soul. It felt like, you know, like so. Yeah, it's, and I I can definitely say that. You know, once I pursued my dreams, it, it was totally different feeling. So, yeah, I love that. Is there anything else in human design that would be important to know for someone who's maybe considering looking into it and is really curious about it after listening to this? Well, I just want to share that there's a lot again to it. So um, you can find a lot online and uh, I'll give you some tips in a moment, but just to know that I always recommend talking to somebody who's a human design practitioner, because it can really help with understanding this chart that you'll see. And, um, and even just to understand some of the basic things that really can be helpful. So I have some tips. I call it following flow, F-L-O-W. The F stands for find your uh, design and start with your type, your energy type, the strategy for that type, which is how, um, how to work with that energy and that decision-making, or we call it authority. Those three pieces are really key. The L stands for love yourself or your self-care because you understand this design that you are, but your self-care is what helps align your energy and keep optimize, you know, your health, your, your wealth. So um, self-care again, really important. The O is overcome conditioning. Mm -hmm. And that might be working with someone like a practitioner or um, doing some of more that inner self-care that really is about like shifting some of the blocks, shifting some of the, the self-limiting beliefs, some of the programming. And then the W is working with your design, like experimenting on a daily basis, because we don't want to just shelve that information. Um, it's more um, useful and uh, successful if you know how to use it every day. And the W I also add in waiting because slowing down and waiting sometimes before we say yes, before we take on things, before we move through the day too fast will also help your energy. So that's my flow tips. Yeah. I love that. Thank you for sharing. And is, is that also within your book? Do you mind just talking about your book a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to. Yeah. yeah. I have several um, that I've been in mm -hmm. and uh, the one I produced about human design is called stop overworking, start overflowing. And you can, you can find that on Amazon, but that book and the others that I've been in are collaborative books. So um, I brought together 25 uh, different uh, human design practitioners, each wrote a chapter um, in this book. So it's not just my writing and what's great. It's like chicken soup for the soul. You just open it up and can look at any chapter and, and read a story and get some tips. So it's a, a great tool for that. 
I love that. And I'll share that in the show notes too, for anyone who's interested in buying it, definitely check that out. So I, I love that. And for anyone who wants to connect with you and get a reading, how can they find you? Yeah, thanks. I have a website, christyhsullivan.com, but I'd love if you can join my Facebook community called Christie's Human Design and Self-Care Community. I'm also on Instagram as Christy H. Sullivan. And yeah, reach out. I would love to connect. Yeah, great. And I'll put, again, I'll put that in the show notes too for anyone who's listening and wants to connect yeah. with Christy. And I just want to thank you so much for being on today and sharing this. It's, it's going to help so many people and it's just another way to look at life and ourselves. So I just love it. Well, thank you so much for having me, Kelly. Yes, absolutely. And again, for anyone who's listening, please subscribe to the channel, follow Christy and, and definitely connect with her. And thank you again for being part of this community. Thank you for spending your precious time to listen to this episode of Rewiring Health. My mission is to inspire hope and healing through science-backed practices. If you found value in this, please share with three people and leave a review. By doing so, this message can be spread to those who need to hear it most. Also, to get updates on the most recent episodes, please subscribe to the channel. Thank you so much for being part of this community, and I am forever grateful for you.